Jean-Claude Van Damme is an old secret agent. Car chases, bulletproof tuxedos, child parent issues, a Big Mac, and a fun ending fight scene round out the latest Netflix-released spy movie, The Last Mercenary. Hi, this is Tom Pizzotto from SpyMovieNavigator.com. Join us as we take a quick-fire look at The Last Mercenary, which Netflix released at the end of July. We don't like to give spoilers when we do these quick-fires, and we're not going to here. We'll talk about the high-level plot points you can see in the marketing from this movie. We'll talk about the actors, similarities with other movies, and that kind of thing. But we'll keep the spoilers out of it. So thank you for joining us as we're cracking the code of the spy movie, The Last Mercenary. This Netflix spy farce starring Jean-Claude Van Damme is not on par with James Bond or Mission Impossible, Bourne, The Kingsman, or a slew of other spy movies. That said, if you're looking for a light spy movie to watch and you've watched all those others, (laughs) why not? This is a French movie with English dubbing, and in our opinion, the dubbing isn't done very well. We found it more distracting than we're used to with a dubbed movie. Also, this is listed as a comedy, and there are some comedic moments, but most of the comedy fell flat for us. Now, it's possible that this was a cultural difference, and someone from France would have enjoyed this movie's humor more. It's always a challenge when a movie is shown in one country and was filmed somewhere else, especially when we're talking about humor. Does the humor translate correctly for us? Well, in this movie, I'm not so sure it does. So as you can tell, this isn't our favorite spy movie ever, although there are some redeeming points to it. First, it stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, who plays a secret agent turned mercenary named Richard Brumaire, and he needs to help his college-age son, but they've never met. Not surprisingly, Van Damme is great in the fight scenes. He's 60 years old now and can still do a choreographed fight well. We weren't impressed with his acting, however, when he wasn't fighting especially what was supposed to be an emotional scene near the end. He didn't really pull that one off. But then again, who can knock a 60-year-old who's as limber as Jean-Claude and still can fight? And we really did like his fight scenes. Brumaire also had a ton of disguises, which were often unnecessary. It felt like they were trying to make him a Peter Sellers type of agent from the Pink Panther series, but he also could fight. When watching this, we couldn't help but fear that this movie is a foreshadowing of what James Bond becomes in No Time to Die. Brumaire starts the movie on a mission as a mercenary, and then he comes back into dealing with his past life as an agent. Bond, although he supposedly isn't on a mission at the start of No Time to Die, is a retired MI6 agent who's then brought back in in No Time to Die. At least, that's what we've been told so far. Here, Brumaire has a pager, and it looked very old school. Also, the Secret Service office in Paris receives a fax, presumably from Brumaire. Okay, we get the old guy humor, but really? Didn't we see enough of that in Skyfall? Do we really need to see it in this movie? I'm not so sure. If you saw the trailers for No Time to Die, the security guard at MI6 doesn't recognize James Bond. And this movie kind of has the same feel to me. Hopefully this old guy coming back theme is done better in No Time to Die. Although, this could have just been a comedy thing we missed in watching The Last Mercenary. There are a few points in the movie when they seem to acknowledge other spy movies, and they almost give us a wink that they're doing it. We're really happy to see this. As you know, one of our goals here at SpyMovieNavigator.com is to find a scene in one movie and understand where it influences a scene in another movie. Now, without giving these scenes away, we're going to talk a little bit about these callbacks. And the first thing is there's a line that says, come on, it's not like he's James Bond or something. I kind of like that. It's a very direct approach. Now, there's a gun that's put together from seemingly unrelated items, kind of like what we see in The Man with the Golden Gun. The guy who puts it together ends up holding it up to the right side of his face, posing almost like we see in some of the James Bond marketing. There's a bulletproof tuxedo reminding me of Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. 
Two beautiful women have an acrobatic fight scene with Brumaire, a la Bambi and Thumper in Diamonds Are Forever. The character Momo has a line reminiscent of Luther in Mission Impossible when Momo says, let go, it's a Versace. We love stuff like that in spy movies, especially when the movie's supposed to be a comedy and they call back on some of the comedic stuff. And to take this even further, both in terms of the callbacks as well as the old guy thing, there's a point in this movie where Jean-Claude Van Damme's character looks at a poster from the movie Bloodsport, which Jean-Claude did back in 1988, and then he makes a quip about it. There are also posters from Rocky Balboa, The Karate Kid, Jaws, War Games, A View to a Kill, and others. These tiebacks to the older movies and the old guy really come through in the comedy here. So the movie starts with a nice opening scene with Brumaire on a mission. It's short, but it lets us know that Jean-Claude Van Damme still has it from both being limber and from a fight perspective. Well, that is, as long as it was Van Damme and not his stunt double, Quentin Dainault. We guess the shots you can't see his face are of Quentin and not Jean-Claude. And there are a few stunts in the scene where you don't see his face doing the stunts. That's usually a sign you're seeing the stunt double and not the star. There are two chases in this movie. Both of them are just okay. The first is a car chase scene with a guy who's a huge Tony Montana fan from Scarface. Now, throughout this movie, they play up the Scarface tie with this guy, maybe a few times too many for us, but they do some nice callbacks to that movie. So if you're a Scarface fan, check to see how many of the lines you can catch that are from that movie. And there are also quite a few Scarface visuals throughout the movie. So this movie is not Scarface, but they've got some nice callbacks to it. Now, the second car chase has a small Suzuki hatchback being chased by a Dodge Challenger. It kind of reminds us when Jason Bourne is driving that old Mini Cooper or when Roger Moore's Bond is driving the Deja Vu. Even with skilled driving, that Suzuki would not be able to hold its own against the Challenger. So this didn't feel realistic to us. Let's see. So we have hoodlums and car chases. So they have those spy movie tropes covered. Check. Now, since this is a spy movie, there's the obligatory MacGuffin, which, since this is a comedy, is called the Big Mac, like the burger. MacGuffin, Big Mac, you know, come on. And they do make some Big Mac burger references in here. Yeah, not very funny, but in a spy movie, you do need the MacGuffin. So check. The rest of the movie is about Brumaire trying to track down the Big Mac while trying to figure out how to build a relationship with his son. As for the actors, there's a small part played by Michelle Cremades. The character's name is Fernand. Cremades has a long list of credits to his name, and he plays this part well. It's a small part, but I really, really liked how he played this. One of the other leads is Samir Dacatza, who plays Archibald, Brumaire's adult son. We hadn't seen him before, but he grew on us. He didn't blow us away, but especially since this was a dub movie, his facial expressions were spot on and helped us understand his emotions. And again, since this was dubbing, it was very helpful, at least to me, to watch, and I appreciated how well he did this. He seemed believable, if not a bit daffy, which is what the character is supposed to be. He's also one of the few characters who have issues with their parent, and parent-child relationships are important throughout this movie. And we also see Valerie Kaprisky playing a minister. She plays a small role well. The last movie I saw her in was the 1983 movie Breathless, so it's been a while. She's mostly been doing TV shows in France, which is why we haven't seen her here in the U.S. It's good to see her on the big screen again. But wait a minute. This is streamed on Netflix, and I'm not in a movie theater. I'm watching it on a big screen TV, which is not quite the same experience as what I call the big screen in the theater. So did I really see her on the big screen? I don't know. It's a problem I have with streaming stuff in general. 
The actor who impressed me the most was Asa Sila. She plays Archibald's friend Delilah. She was a bright spot in the movie for me. Every scene she was in was better because she was there. She didn't have a huge part in any scene, but what she did, she did very well. And I thought Asa stood out for me in this movie. There's also an idiot character named Alexandra Lazari, played by Alban Ivanov. He's stupid, but he doesn't know it. And he has a big role in this movie, and he's mainly there for comedic purposes. And like I said, Ivanov plays this idiot very well. His big scene involves a scooter. It was supposed to be a funny scene, but it didn't strike us as being very funny. While he's on the scooter, Brumaire is supposedly monitoring from a telescope from the Eiffel Tower. This scene does give us a nice tour of Paris, but this doesn't seem realistic at all, and the humor fell a little flat for us. For a spy movie, there are pretty much no gadgets throughout this movie, except for the gun that we mentioned earlier that got put together from various parts. Yes, there is a taser, surveillance camera, and earpieces. However, except for that gun, these aren't spy gadgets, or at least innovative spy gadgets. Now, part of this whole MacGuffin thing for the Big Mac is a payoff to buy the MacGuffin. There's a case that's supposed to have $30 million in cash in it. Now, they never name the currency, but when they open up this case, you see 2 million euros. The case isn't large enough for 15 times that number of bills to be in it. It's not even close to being able to hold $30 million. We see that a lot in spy movies where the payoff is supposed to be made, but there's no way they have that amount of money they're supposed to be paying off with in whatever bag they're carrying. So the final part of the movie has a nice twist in it that we didn't see coming, and the end fight scene is done very well. Oh, and if you watch the whole six minutes of credits, there's a post credit scene. It's short, but it fits with the movie. I'm just not sure it's worth watching six minutes of credits to get to it. So that's it. Our quick-fire look at the new Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, The Last Mercenary. If you're a Van Damme fan, you'll like this one. If you're a spy movie fan who pays for Netflix with some time on your hands, flip a coin to determine if you want to watch it. It's not terrible, but it's not great. It's an okay spy movie, but there are better spy movies to stream. If you're listening to this in August 2021, you can still stream Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace before the end of the month. They take it off of Netflix at the beginning of September. With No Time to Die coming around the corner, rewatching those two movies might be a better use of your time. So this has been Tom Pizzotto from SpyMovieNavigator.com. Thanks for joining us as we're cracking the code of the new spy movie, The Last Mercenary. Please subscribe to us on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. The channel is called Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.